0: Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind Challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Holistic Human Podcast Show, Holistic Human Optimization Podcast Show. I am your host, Ronnie Landis, and I am beyond excited about today's episode. This is a very, very special episode with a very special guest. Um, This individual is a very close brother of mine, very close friend, and more recently, We have come into an interesting alignment um, through a series of conversations that we've been having through a series of synchronicities that's kind of brought us into a series of private conversations that um, we will unfold for everybody as we go through this conversation. This man is, in my opinion... One of the single most important um, musical voices, musical geniuses of our time, of our generation. And so much more than that, um, his genius is so brilliantly conveyed and carried through his um, artistic expression of music. And uh, this man is none other than Elijah Ray. Welcome to the show. Aloha, my brother. So good to be with you and to be
1: present in this moment. Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah and that is the name of the game isn't it presence in this moment it truly is i'd like to invite everyone who's tuning in with us now or in the future now uh to just breathe into this presence with us and imagine yourself sitting around the, the round table the band of light here with this holding space for this conversation
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah and um you know i was, I was really sitting with what the content of this conversation wanted to be about. And obviously, there was a number of bullet points that had emerged. I think the best way to really start us off is um, just kind of sharing a little bit of context. You know, um, the way that you and I had reconnected, we've known each other for years, and we had done a really great podcast about 110 episodes ago, which is a little like, around two years ago or something in Kauai. And, um, what an incredible conversation that was. And, you know, we, we had just gone off in the world doing our thing. And I think we just have like these little infrequent little Facebook messages, like little high fives here and there energetically yeah. and as we're on our, our journey. And, but we really recently connected in a very deep and profound way, um, mm-hmm. through a, through a topic in an exploration into a concept called the Wetiko, which um not very many people know about it's an emerging kind of phenomenon or emerging um theme that people are now becoming more aware of through the the work of paul levi and his book dispelling the wetiko um and we're going to unpack that but what was interesting is that i got deep into that and i'm i was reading the book and i posted it on instagram and the same day i had received a message from you about it and um I think there was just this incredible synchronicity alignment point, and you and me hopped on the phone that night or the day after, and we what it, what followed was a three-hour conversation where you shared very powerfully the, the recent life experiences that you have been going through and the deep, deep transformation and the rabbit holes that you were led down, and um, I don't know how much you want to share about that. But I'd like to start our conversation there because the context of this conversation is something that holds great implications for the human race. And really, I, I want to say, shines a light on a lot of themes and a lot of things that I think a lot of people are aware of um, in certain senses or more or, or in certain, um, certain conversations that are being had. But what we were talking about what we had both dis- discovered in our own way was an underlining theme that was influencing the trajectory of the human race and, and on the micro level, simply affecting the beingness of, of all the individuals that we know and just the world at large. And I thought it was just so fascinating and so relevant um, to the transformational journey that so many people are going through right now. So um, mm-hmm. I want to hand it off there and, um, yeah. See, um, there's a lot of things that we're going to dive into, but I'll hand that off to you. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a complex set of circumstances that you've spoken to already. Um, and it feels like the best way to start any conversation is to simplify. So when we're honing in on something as vast as this concept of motico, what does that even mean? Um, you know, that's a a word that our ancestors used to speak about um, something that we could name as ego or 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 mind, right the the, the ego personality, that part that that can kind of hijack the the heart energy and the the feeling of presence. So if we just want to set a couple of just kind of set the table here for a moment for for people who are going to be diving into this conversation with us, um, we started the conversation with this immediate um, kind of high five to the presence. It's good to be present with you. You know, I just love to start there and actually ask, what does that even mean to be present with something? Right? So if we are are in this, this body, we're obviously walking around and having a human experience, but there's an energetic field that surrounds us and that that's measurable. It's not, it's not a, an airy-fairy thing. It's an actual measurable field, this magnetic field that our heart is producing. And it's, what, what do they say, a thousand times stronger than the field that our brain creates, right? This magnetic field of our heart is a sphere that surrounds us and that sphere of presence. Um, the, the real question and the real game that we're all playing right now is who's occupying their sphere, right? So I just want to ask again of, of you and I and everyone who's tuning in, Take a breath into your sphere. Breathe a little extra space into this moment, into your space, into the energetic field that you occupy. Everything gets a little bit sharper as soon as we do that. It's a little bit more present. We can lean in a little bit more and feel a sense of connection. That's truly what we're all searching for, I feel, in in my heart of hearts. What what humans are are reaching for right now is a sense of connection. And, I mean, don't take my word for it. We just kind of look on the screen at any given moment, and people are just – we're just trying to connect in whatever way is possible. And, we, and we're usually using now, it's become the norm to use technology to do that. But we have an energetic technology, which is our, our magnetic field or our, our sphere of presence. So that's what we mean when we're talking about presence is occupying the space that we're in, the time and the, the actual physical instrument that we're in. So if, if every cell of our body and the energetic sphere that surrounds us is occupied by the presence that we are only then you might say there's no back doors or energetic gaps for other energies or entities to come in to hijack the moment and so our mind is a good example of that the mind is a really great component of a, of a ship if you will that we're 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 driving we're cruising through time and space in this mothership of our of our vehicle and the mind is like the screen but for many of us, me, you, all of us included, sometimes the mind just kind of hijacks the wheel and all of a sudden takes over and we forget like where we are in the ship and we we think that we're the mind for a moment. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it's like a hijacking. It's like a, mm-hmm. you know, like a wrenching of the wheel into a direction that ultimately is going to create suffering every single time. So that's kind of, let's just like take that analogy and just put it there for a moment. So mm-hmm. when we're talking about, this conversation that you and I have been diving into and many of us have been noticing things have been getting a bit, you know, a bit challenging. You know, this has been a really challenging year for a lot of us. It's been extremely stressful for so many people. It's been extremely edgy. It's, It's felt like, whoa, somebody spiked the punch and what's going on in this dimension? You know, like there's Seems like there's good things happening, but it's also just seems like things are getting worse and worse. So what's up with that? And how do we make sense of you know how to navigate through this chaos that's seemingly just getting more chaotic, right? And we're being told all these spiritual nice, you know, axioms and little quotes on little memes, and we're like reading those. And it's like, well, that's nice on a meme, but like the day-to-day just seems really crunchy and edgy right now. So that's Watiko. The Watiko is this kind of radio station of chaos that is really magnetic and it's really convincing. And and the the mind and the ego is very convincing, but when we become presence within the experience, we can open up a pocket, like a, like a space, a a sphere Mm. of the energy that belongs to us. And we can occupy that space and navigate with a bit more grace. And that's what I'm, what I'm uh, praying this conversation helps us both to do to sync up in this sphere of presence and also to allow everyone who's witnessing and tuning into this conversation to do in themselves too.
0: Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and, you know, one of the terms that was used to describe wetiko was malignant egophrenia, which Mm -hmm. I thought was pretty interesting. Thinking of a malignancy or a metastasizing cancer, how it, will start as an incubation of certain organisms that are opportunistic in the body and how that will almost like, if you look at like um, like a virus or you look at parasitology, you look at these opportunistic organisms and how they infect the body and systemically override the cellular machinery, essentially what happens is like a, a virus, for example, will pirate onto the nucleus of a cell and the nucleus is like the reproductive intelligence, and it will pirate onto it and start um, infecting the programming. So it reproduces um, malignant cells or, or viral infections. So essentially, the virus becomes, the, the human becomes more of the virus than they are of themselves. And that's a pretty interesting conversation when you go deep down the rabbit hole of the microbiome and all that, but metaphorically speaking, it's, it's an, it's as, as above, so below kind of thing, right? Is that on, on, on an externality perspective, um, what's going on in our world? Like what's this chaotic, disruptive friction, disharmonious energy. It's almost like an, like an archetypical adversarial energy. It's like, when you think of the nature of evil, cause that's really what Watiko ultimately is. It's this, it's, it's an attempt to define or explain what we interpret as evil right mm-hmm. and and that's not an easy easily definable thing evil is not the opposite of good necessarily it's it's a much deeper uh archetype that is present within the human condition of of all you know of every person which i think i think just i think that's an interesting point that i'd like to get your take on as we as we unfold this a little bit like. The mm-hmm. archetypes that are playing out in the human experience. One of the things I love about Carl Jung and Jungian psychology is that you know, and, and John D. Martini and other other incredible thought leaders talk about how you have to integrate every piece of the whole. And if you disown anything within yourself, you're essentially going to disown and judge away the external reflection of that very thing inside of you that hasn't been healed. It hasn't been owned or integrated. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, that's a, that's a pretty, um, interesting perspective. I think you and me have have talked about that and um, I also want to throw this out there on it with you too. the allegorical perspective that you brought up yesterday in our phone call. I want to make sure that I put that on the table too. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll let you run with all that. Amazing. So, you know, remember Ghostbusters? You remember
1: Ghostbusters 2 where they were in New York City and there was all that goo happening underneath and it kind of got into the painting and then the painting came alive and then that whole thing, right? So, you know, there's a lot of, it's interesting. It's like, well, we're, we're living in a time where everything's flipped. We've been, everything we've been taught basically is a lie. Like, let's just get that out of the way. Uh, (laughs) we we've also we're living in a time where there's so much truth hidden in plain sight. You know, there's so much truth hidden in mute and music videos, movies. Um, you know, we can find all these nuggets of truth of actual things that are really happening that they're kind of hiding in, in media in plain sight. That's what it means to hide in plain sight. And yet there's no truth to be found in the news, you know? So we're, we're having this thing like movies are, 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 Oddly enough, reflecting things that are really happening and the news is just like just made up storylines of writers in the back of the room. or are just like creating stories to just, you know, get people to to um, basically go along with a, an agenda. Mm. So, so that all being said, um, I think about Ghostbusters when you were talking uh, just now in regards to. Everything that we don't own, everything that we don't want to, to integrate in, into our wholeness, into our system. So anything that we deny and push into the closet or push into the spaces that we're not willing to look at or flush down the toilet, right? That, all, that stuff all piles up. So think of that on every single possible level that that could happen emotionally what does that do to our system to to hide or to deny or to disown disavow parts of our own emotional processes that like if we were just in that pure childlike state where we fall down we scrape up our knee and we cry about it and we have a little tantrum and then and then we're done you know and so that ability to move emotional energy mm. it, um we get in a in a perfect world in the most optimal scenario we grow as as we as we mature we grow into a space where we can refine our ability to channel and process our emotions in ways that don't cause any harm and yet it's not through denying of our emotions that that that, that happens it's in creating more and more mature fields of presence and agreement fields with those that we're in relationship with. That's what's what's called doing the work and, and actually creating the space to to maturely process emotion so that it's it moves through the system and then we don't have to, you know, it doesn't come back to bite us, so to speak. So mm-hmm. you can take it from the from the energetic spiritual level all the way through emotional, mental and physical, everything that we have disowned and we have denied and we have pushed away and we've separated and cut off from ourselves, the moment that we think we are separate from any other race of people or any other illusion of any other uh, culture, we're falling down the ladder of light. As soon as we push away some, we try to deny that we are a part of this whole organism, we fall down. And that's just how it works. And so here we are like having this experience of like, Taking a step and falling back two steps, and taking, you know, because we're, con- we're, we know that we're one. We know intuitively that there is a sense of union when we become present with the source of all, which lives inside of us only. It's not out there, it's in here, it's also in everything else. But as soon as we deny some part of ourselves, we fall a bit. So, we're in this kind of dance, this like doing dance moves like capoeira on the dance floor. And there's like the really good dancers. And then there's like, Oh brother fell down again. Like, Hey, I'll help you up. It's all good. But let's get back into the groove. Right? Mm -hmm. So if we could just help each other stay in the groove, even if we fall, it's all good. Stay, stay in the groove. As they say for musicians out there, it's like keep it in the pocket. Right? Mm -hmm. And then if you lose it, it's all good. But What's happening is that people are losing it, but they think they have it. And they're like trying to grasp at other people who are dancing really well. And like, so it's getting a little confusing on the dance floor. So that's yeah. the time when a DJ drops a new beat, puts on a new track, like, let's switch it up a little bit. All right. And then everybody can snap back into it and get out of their own little ego game of the this like what Tico takeover strategies that are happening through all the social consciousness. And then we like, oh, okay, let's get back on a new game and mm. new, a new tune to get us in tune. And um, so what I want to share, brother, in regards to the other pieces that you brought up, to get personal for a moment, what what has happened in our lives that's brought us to this point where we even want to have this conversation live so other people can tune in? What is what is a value here that we could possibly share? Um, because I have deep respect for the work everyone's doing. If you're tuning into this moment and you're watching this live, I love you and I respect you for all the work you're doing to like carve your path and navigate in your way. And yet, we we have to also acknowledge that as a whole, as a species, as a you know, as a human being, we have um, we have been duped a little bit in terms of you know, being born into a system or a a moment in history where we have been fed a lot of lies and we ate those lies up because that's, you know, that's all, that's the food that was available. Um, What's one example of that? Um, One example of that is that the only way we can connect to each other is if we get on our phones and and get on Facebook and reach out. We, We actually have a whole other technology that's available. You and I know that all the time. That's why I wrote to you on the same day that you posted that thing because I was feeling you. And then we like, oh wow, we were already in sync. So we're learning how to trust that consciousness more, and just see these tools that we're we're using as just that—they're tools. But there's a greater there's a greater consciousness that is self organizing, and it's got our backs, and it and it is um, it's worth trusting. So I want to say that before I get into the other piece, which is, um, you know, this, this synthetic viral infrastructure that is also, um, you know, it's causing problems, it's, it's creating some distortion in the system. So I'd like to speak to that for a few moments, because Mm. there is a very fine line in calling out something in the mirror. You know, I just dropped this track, Man in the Mirror. I just did a cover of that. And it's interesting, I, I did so much deep diving on on mirrors and the meaning of the mirror and this, the symbology of the mirror. And what it, what is it? Who's the man in the mirror? Who's the woman in the mirror? Who's the one that's looking back at you? It's this reflection, right? It's this iteration of you. It's actually not you, but it's an iteration. And so anytime we call out someone else, we're calling out the mirror, right? And so so I just want to set this up before we dive into this piece that anytime we point a finger and go like, hey, brother Ronnie, I think you're in your ego right now when you're saying that. And, and I'm pointing my finger. Well, there's three fingers pointing back at me checking myself. So anything that I can point out in the mirror of anyone out there, I'm going to be checked at least threefold from that, right? So that being said, it's a very fine line and a very delicate dance to do to call out things in the collective, which is why, as they say, those who speak do not know and those who know do not speak. Because there's some things that are not worth blabbing and creating more watiko energy about them to compound on themselves to confuse something that we actually are just doing the deep, silent work to just collapse the prism and turn this thing around. So mm. I just want to set this all up by saying there's a lot of silent work happening that doesn't really require words that is happening to help collapse this prism. There are solutions present and there's a lot of good news here for us. So with that being said, let's dive in to uh, to some issues that we are definitely facing that are challenging because we're not here to gloss over them or or be all airy-fairy and float above them and pretend like there's, there's not real um, you know, true darkness roaming about the land because there is, you know, and we're here to, to shine the light on it, point it out and dispel it so that we ultimately can reclaim ourselves, our personal sphere, get our own presence back online, completely sovereign, and then plug our peace into the whole. So we, mm-hmm. as a people can continue rising, continue shining, continue growing and create the more beautiful world we're here to create. Yeah, so yes. let's rewind back to December. I moved up here to Portland. I'm in right now. I'm in Portland, Oregon. I'm at the band of light headquarters. And I felt this call to come back to my origin point, to come to to my homeland where I was born. And this is a very unique, um, out of the blue feeling to come here. It wasn't at all what my ego wanted or what my mind or what my comforts wanted. I was definitely, I'd be in Hawaii right now with you. I'd be in Kauai as my home, you know, my spirit home. And, you know, after nine years of living in Kauai and, and touring the world uh, for another four and a half years straight of just straight up touring and nonstop uh, motion, I received a very strong guidance to to put my roots back down into my origin point. And it was a bit of a um, a coming of age and a com- completing and what I, I think I told you on the phone, a healing of the sacred hoop. I knew it was time for me to come back to the origin point point and just take a look at everything and just like all right let's all right let's land let's take stock of everything we've just went through this last 15 years i we've been at this thing with the band of light we've been going strong for you know 14 15 years with this this mission and it's you know it, get, it gets deep out there on the road so i just i had to come come to a point of stillness to really understand how we can come into this next wave and make a true contribution, not from here or from some some ego desire to, to fulfill some mission that was maybe a 10-year-ago mission, but to really upgrade, update the system, kind of get a new OS online and just really check in. And so in that process of checking in, I found some things. I found some anomalies in my own body and in my own system and in my own awareness of the ecology around me, the bio- Uh, the biology Um, I started noticing some anomalies and of course we're all familiar with um, I'm assuming that most people on this on this zoom call with us who are tuning in live or maybe to the um, to the archive are probably already aware of GMOs and and genetically modified organisms as well as you know, the chemical testing and spray that's happening in the sky, there's an incredible amount of weather control. If you're not aware of weather control, definitely look into it. There's a deep, deep, deep amounts of information that are all publicly available by all of the systems that are actually, you know, putting it out into our, our skies without our permission, by the way um but all the knowledge is there and all the all the info is there it's the debate is over there's no debating chemtrails we just don't need to call them chemtrails anymore because that's a trigger word so we call it weather modification Mm. that's a better way to to get into that conversation for those of you who are still kind of like treading on the fence and don't want to talk about it because it's uncomfortable because it's been branded as a conspiracy theory well that, that one's been put to rest. It's, it's actually a conspiracy fact. And all you have to do to prove that to yourself is to go to the Harvard University website and read all about Operation, operation Solar Shield, which talks about the rollout that happened last spring uh, with plans to spray the skies with aluminum, barium, uh, and other chemicals, heavy metals, and to block the sun to combat climate change. So that's their plan. That's their big plan. Is their? It's a really great idea these guys had to spray the skies full of heavy metals to block the sun's particles to combat climate change. That's, sounds like a great idea, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, of course, it doesn't. We're we're being obviously facetious. Um, it's a terrible idea, <laughs> and <laughs> in fact, it's, 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 it's making it's making the whole situation much much worse. Um, that all being said, though. Um, we're going to stay on this thread because what happened was I started noticing, first of all, how intense the weather modification was happening up here in the Northwest, all over the West coast. I mean, you've seen it. We've all seen it. It's getting pretty heavy, literally heavy. The air is getting heavy. It's full of heavy metals. What does that do to your body and to the environment, to the trees that are drooping and sagging a little bit? We can all see it. It's mm. it's taking its toll on the planet. And those of us who are true water protectors, who are true caretakers and caregivers and stewards of this planet and this earth and our future children, we care about this stuff. So we're, we're tuned into it and we feel it. And it, it has been um, challenging to to carry this awareness of what what is being done to our ecosystem so that's step one is just there's just awareness that something's not right in the ecosystem so having known that i've been tracking that for you know the better part of eight nine ten years now uh when i landed here i started noticing some anomalies in my body i was noticing that first of all i was not feeling my energy Like, like firing the way that I'm used to it, firing the way that I know my body can feel is just feeling like, wow, it's just carrying a lot of heaviness. And so I started doing the regular protocols every year I do a, you know, I do cleansing of different kinds. I have all kinds of protocols that, you know, we can get into, you know, later in the call in terms of what, what are the protocols that can help clear our bodies, purify our blood, purify our systems. Get your colon cleansing going, you know, cleanse the gut, all those things, right? So, of course, I went into that. I started noticing after a 30 day cleanse, there was something way deeper going on than just a, what I would call like a, a, a regular protocol, uh, you know, 30 day cleanse. I got to a point where intuitively I knew I just needed to start looking a little bit deeper at the situation. So, I, w- I was gifted a microscope. Um, I called one in and I got a microscope, and I ended up looking at everything under the microscope i mean i went I went so deep into this that for the a period of about twelve weeks, I was spending a few hours uh, you know late nights after i'd get done with my daily uh, my daily service, I would dive in and I was um, studying microbiology. And I ended up, um, you know, as an amateur, I'm not a professional at this, I'm not a scientist, but as an amateur, I was looking into my microscope and starting to compare um, the slides and video and all the data I was collecting after hours and hours and hours of researching, um, starting to compare it with other scientists online who have posted their data and finding that I was, these anomalies that I was beginning to see in my own biology, my own body, my hair samples, nail samples, skin samples, blood samples, as well as samples of uh, the surrounding environment outside, rain samples, I took samples of the snow, and everything I would look at under a microscope, I was finding these very odd synthetic fibers, and these fibers... um, where they seem to be in everything. And, and it was such an anomaly because I've looked at microbiology before. And I've also, um, you know, I'm a very present person when it comes to my own body and the way that I feel, and I can track the way that I feel. And I have a pretty good understanding of how my system's working. And as I was tracking that something has been feeling off, I started to find this anomaly that I'm speaking about. And it's um, these synthetic fibers that seem to be growing in just about everything Um, when I find them in the soil or I'd find them in the rain, uh, oftentimes they would be clear, but when I would find them growing out of my own body, like I found them in my fingernails, they seem to be either red or blue, um, like wires, like mechanical wires. So let's just put that over here for now. Interesting anomalies being found in the, in regards to a synthetic biological, but very clearly mechanical organism as well it it seemed to have um, a biological component to it in that it grows like a fungus or it grows like a an organic substance but it's very clearly not organic been proven all the data is there you can look it up um, we'll post some links perhaps under this later or, or give some shout outs later to some places you could do your own research if you're interested in this but what's interesting is that as an artist and a musician and as a you know, a soul singer and, and creating, um, you know, this body of work that is really focusing on music, art, um, and just using music as a tool to to create as much of, a, of the transformation wave as possible to lean into this, this transformation and create as much goodness and beauty in the world as possible. It was a very odd and unique kind of new obsession for me to start to want to look, more deeply at things through a microscope but what I have learned over this period of time which is now July so we're talking eight months uh, about seven months Um, I've through not only my own research but uh, comparison with with other amazing researchers and what I would call pros at you know, microbiology and researchers and scientists from around the world. All the comparisons have shown conclusively that there is a global situation happening with these um, synthetic fibers. There's a there's a global. Uh, situation at hand where these fibers are growing in our biology there is um, every indication that hundred percent of North in America and Europe are uh, completely saturated hundred percent there's no there's not so much like oh some of us might find these fibers and some of us would not it's like we're we're all breathing the same air so we all we're all in on this we're all in this together so to speak The reason this is an issue that we need to start talking about and creating safe spaces to understand together and to to find solutions together, which there are solutions and we'll get there, is because there is a massive amount of denial um, from the um, let's just say from the. Structures of medical government and you might say all of the health organizations that it's their job to kind of point these things out and do the research and, and give options for people who are suffering as a result of this condition. There's actual health conditions that thousands of people are, um, are having as a result of these fibers and it's called Morgellons. And um, there's many, many, many people who have been speaking out saying, hey, I'm having this experience. I'm noticing online that more and more collective people are having this exact same experience. So there is a health issue at hand here. But let's just put that over here too. We won't go all the way into that. But just to speak to it, there is a health issue. There's also um, you know, a scientific consensus that's starting to happen with independent researchers. But there is a, an issue in that it's being blocked or denied by the establishment from being acknowledged. Um, What is being acknowledged is that um, the people who uh, no matter how much conclusive data has been done, which now the story is conclusive. And as far as I'm concerned, there's no no debate necessary. It's just a a matter of doing the research and catching up on the data that's that's there, which is conclusive. Um, Unfortunately, however, we seem to be living in a structure that for whatever reason, does not want this information to be widespread. So that's an interesting things that make you go, hmm. Like why wouldn't why wouldn't this information be supported and solutions be found to be uh, able to provide some ease and some support for people who are suffering right now as a result of this uh, this issue. So. I'll pause there because we kind of brought up and opened a few cans. And so I, I want to see if you have anything you want to question or get into before we go further.
0: Yeah, well, obviously, I'm intimately aware of the the kind of timeline that you're speaking of because we had pretty much a three hour deep dive into it. And I'm aware that there's a lot of backstory. Um I think for me, and I know where this is leading, it's going to be interesting how it, how it comes out though, because there's some other connective tissue subject matter, I think that is interwoven into it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm also keeping a few bullet points to of relevancy to the side, not to interrupt the flow of, of current transmission that you're on. Um, there was one thing that was coming up for me. Um, and maybe maybe I'll just, I'll just put it in your lap and it'll come through as it, as it becomes relevant. But it was this idea of the North Star that we talked about yesterday. And I think maybe that'll, that might be relevant now. It might be relevant as we continue this, um, this storyline, essentially. Um, <clears throat> because what, what ended up happening to you, and it definitely has happened to me, is that we essentially went so far down the rabbit hole that we lost sight of the light right? Like at, at some point, and we kind of lost that North star and lost our way and kind of got just lost in the darkness, if you will, through fascination of it. And that's one of the things that is talked about in this witico this Witiko topic, which is the one of the ways that the witico energy, which, you know, and John Miguel Ruiz talks about it as the, the psychic parasite. Um, there's many different interpretations, but it's like, it's a fine line of becoming interested in it as a as a researcher to understand it, and then there's another fine line of becoming hyper fascinated by it to the point where it actually kind of takes you over and influences you and leads you down a rabbit hole. And a rabbit hole is a deep, dark tunnel that has is void of light. The farther down you go into it, so right. I, I think one of the things that was relevant that came up with you through our conversation yesterday was this idea that I thought of is like, when you go down a rabbit hole, make sure that you have something harnessing you, connecting you outside of the well to the light. So if you go down the rabbit hole, you have, and there's probably good to have like a buddy, like a buddy system, like, Hey, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. So like, just if I go too far down and you're just like, like help pull me up or reach out to me or something, yeah, we, we totally need to be on our buddy system as a, as a collective,
1: you know, as a human family to, to make sure that we're, you know, we're, we're check, we're checking in with each other. And, but most of all, even within ourselves, there is a sense of self responsibility and this and the sovereignty piece that's coming online for many of us now, that North star is crucial, you know? And I, and I think that you're right. There, there was moments in time where I felt so far away from my North star as a result of of wanting to understand what was happening to me and what was happening to the planet and what's happening to so many people in in our tribe. And by our tribe, I'm not talking about a group of people. I'm talking about humans, (laughs) human families. So just, you know, note to self, there's, I'm not necessarily saying tribalism as in separation of different groups, but when I'm talking about our tribe, I mean, our, our human family, you know, we showed up for this moment in time and something is definitely a foot that I decided to go into. And, and as you said, you know, there, there can be this, this tendency to go deep down these rabbit holes. And, and I have the, the deepest respect um, because I, again, I'm, I'm just scratching the surface in terms of, I, I'm a bit of an adept when it comes to going into something going all the way to the core, integrating it, and pulling out the gold that I need for the for my mission. And my mission might be a little bit different from your mission, but we're pretty much on the same mission in terms of our trajectory is the same. Mm-hmm. But we have unique pathways of what we need to learn, to understand, to understand, and to integrate in order to make sure we, we give our, our greatest contribution of our wholeness. And so there's parts and aspects of myself that I needed to lose track of and then regain in the, in that like free fall moment that I definitely faced a few times in this journey of studying what is this and what's actually happening in our bodies right now. So um, thank you for bringing that in. I think it's, it's incredibly important and for everyone who's listening to know that if we know what our North star is, if we know what the core, the center of our commitment is in this life and in this mission that we're on, we, we need to make sure we're checking in with that. That's why the importance of having an altar, you know, or just, just mm-hmm. setting a space in your house or having a, a, an altar in your garden or your little mm-hmm. g- patch of grass or, you know, in your bedroom, wherever it is to just check in to remember what is it that I'm actually serving here? Why am I even doing all this? Why am I getting up and getting on my computer? Right, It's because of this north star and for me that north star is to live a love-centered life regardless of the outer circumstances that's my north star and it's very simple and yet at the same time the iterations of that and, and how that actually is expressed that's the beauty that's the creativity that's the music that's the art that's the band of light but the north star is really just to live a love-centered life as best as i can and when i say i i felt far away from that north star is that I felt pretty far away from love. I felt actually in a very, um, cold place. The more I started to study and understand what this stuff actually is and it's inside of everything. So there is a validity to understanding what it is, but not to the degree that it, we lose track of our North star. Right. So that's first and foremost. And I'm grateful to know that and to be able to hand it off to, um, people like, um, you know, doc, Dr. Carnegie, who uh, the Carnegie Institute is an is an incredible place if you want to go and and uh, and pay respects to this brother, this this man, this elder who has spent 20 years of his life down this rabbit hole, but for good reason. He's he's provided now a body of work and substantial data that the scientific community, if they wanted to, if they're courageous enough, could take and adopt and and publish and republish to create um, a framework for what this is and how we can create solutions around it. Um, so it's not mine to do to continue down that rabbit hole, but I needed to put in those few months to truly understand it in myself so that I can learn what is my role in this. And it's a, ultimately it's the same role as everything else I've already been doing. And nothing has really changed, other than it's time to turn up the volume on love. It's time to turn up the volume on our frequency of presence. And the more, the more I came back to just starting to occupy my sphere with presence and remembering that that's my north star. Ah, oh, to live a love centered life. How do I do that? I have to be present with where I am and be appreciate you know, be grateful for where I am. That means I have to actually feel it and be present with it. So then that's the game and there's nothing else that is more important than that. Cause that's kind of, that's the starting point. So that being said, um, I would like to add one more layer of this, which is to go a little bit deeper into how does this, how does this apply to others? And how, you know, what can any of us do about this infrastructure of us, of us, you know, we're talking about a synthetic fibers. What, what is that? What, you know, well it's microscopic. We're talking like, you know, like sub-microns. really. We're talking like very, very small stuff we're talking about. It's not quite nano, but there's nano materials inside of them. So for those who, you know, who are called to it, who are interested to go to even just take a look and really understand what's happening here in terms of the infrastructure of biology itself, it's been hijacked you know our our biology has been hijacked we've we breathed in some nasty stuff and it's in some of us it's growing to the point where like you said our to what degree it's all about ratios so if if the ratio of let's say uh, a parasite or a fungus or i'm just going to talk about biology and health for a moment if we're talking about our physical bodies our immune system knows how to break down and take care of things like parasites or fungus or any other free radicals that get into the body. Right. So as long as we have a healthy, strong immune system, it's all good. We breathe in stuff all the time. People cough when we're in the air airport and we're like, well, I'm breathing in their cough. And I, you know, but as long as our immune system's super strong, we're well rested and we got everything, you know, on point, it's all good. Our body knows how to take that kind of just pee it out. It's all good. If our immune system is compromised and, you know, these different layers of the, our body's ability to rebuild and regenerate itself are already compromised, which in most cases, and especially in America, but, you know, all over the, the planet, we definitely have a an epidemic of just compromised immune systems, compromised rest and sleep cycles the due to the wi-fi and these other microwave technologies that are definitely messing with our ability to to focus to to regenerate ourselves so um so all of these things when we put them on the table give us a bit of a challenging circumstance to feel really really clear and really good and and come at this game with our full power intact so but it's kind of like, you know, slip sign in through the matrix. How do we navigate through it without letting any of it get too attached and weigh us down is to keep our frequency high. So I'm going to pause right there, you know, before we go any further and just uh, ask you, brother, where have you been noticing your growth edge in terms of, The more you've looked into this issue, and I know we've talked about this a lot on the phone, but I just want to ask in this moment, you know, where do you find as your edge right now in terms of staying, you know, dropping the weight and staying as light as possible, so to speak, so that you can navigate through these, you know, kind of heavy topics that we're talking about right now. What's been, where's your growth edge at right now?
0: Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, we've definitely talked a lot about it. It's interesting how things change with each day. I'm noticing um, meaning changes, interpretations of things changes, even conversations. And my ability to remember the content of the conversation is it kind of reframes itself or, or reforms itself. So like in this moment, I would say for me, it's like one one of the things that we're talking about yesterday that I think is really relevant to a lot of people is this this energetic cross that people are carrying. And we look at it like martyrdom or the wounded hero or the wounded healer, the priest or priestess, the fallen king or queen, whatever archetype. And it's kind of, there's this wounded component, right? And to compensate for the wounding, Um, or the fall from grace, it's like we take on this mantle of carrying the Christ cross. Mm -hmm. And we may not even know we're doing that. That may be something from childhood. We're playing out some kind of void. Maybe we didn't have a father in our life, or we didn't have the the particular guidance or uh, maturing mechanism to become a fully embodied, integrated uh, human being whether we're a man or a ma- or a masculine or feminine. Um, so I think for me, like one of the big growth edges has just been dropping the cross, right? Mm-hmm. Cause that's always, that's kind of always been there. And I more recently just felt the weight of it. And, um, and once that released through a medicine ceremony, it was like my whole body went through pulsations of like, I don't know where all that was coming from, whether it was ancestral, it was, um, lineage or it's just in this lifetime, all this like stored trauma and kind of um, stuck energy just pulsated out of my neuromuscular system. And I was essentially revived. I was reborn from the activation of my heart. And walking out of that, that was about maybe three, maybe four weeks ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, like my growth edge more recently has been about staying light and, and staying in joy and staying in harmony. And it's very easy things to say. And, and for the first two weeks, it was like I was good. It didn't matter what happened. Mm-hmm. I was in harmony. And then, you know, as life continues, um, patterns repeat and old identity to try to recreate um, creep back in, especially when the fertility of the transition from one being to another one identity to another, we go through that, that transmutation process. There's a little bit of a, a very sensitive fertility place. It's very fertile. And that in, in really, really, for me, it's like been protecting that container. Mm-hmm. You know, from outside influences, um, energetic influences, spiritual, maybe entity-based influences, or just simply my own mind—the old programming creeping up, the Watiko programming, keeping up the fear, the the doubts, the concerns. The um, last night, this came up for me um, in a conversation with my partner, just like about some kind of fear-based thing It just came up and it was like, it just kind of went in. it carried the, the conversation, this unnecessary processing situation where it just created just agitation and friction. And I just, today I became aware of like, wow, like that's interesting. Mm. I, I, I allowed this, this doubt and concern and fear to creep in and pretend like it was like relevant to even talk about or necessary. And yet then it was, the opening was created. It was And then it just, it went off. Um, I think for me, that's been my edge. Um, I've really mastered, um, there's more mastery to be done. But as far as the physicality, I mean, that's for the last decade, that's been most of my work in the nutrition and physical optimization side of things. So, you know, there's always new things to be discovered there, but that's not so much of an edge for me. It's more of the interpersonal, psychological, emotional, integration on um, piece um so i'd say yeah i mean i feel like that for me has been the biggest edge in being being more vigilant mm. about protecting this container and what is the container the container is the sacred union of my own masculine and feminine union my okay. own inner twin flame union um, and that's also reflected into my external twin flame union but but not but actually but what's interesting is like more and more I'm realizing that the external reflection is actually an opportunity for me to look within because I actually can't see what I can't see, right? I can't see my own blind spots. So I need a flashlight to shine on me. And I think the reactivity, the impulsiveness to like react or defend or protect something that actually needs to die and probably like in a hurry you know, it's just all those little things. They're they're getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So yes. now it's more of a refined and nuanced awareness in a in availability to dissolve the. Vi- this is ultimately how I could, how I think concluding this is most relevant. I think the Wetiko is a perfect. I would define the Wetiko this way as like vaporizing the victim, as Richard Rudd says from the Gene Keys. Vaporizing the victim because all of that, what is all that? It's an absence of responsibility in some way. I'm not taking, I'm not able to own or fully respond or be responsible for something that's creating agitation from within me. And um, and that's I think the best way for me to sum up this Swatiko phenomenon is like the absence of responsibility and to the degree that I can take responsibility for every aspect of my life is to the degree that I become fully integrated with all of me and Mm. so on and so forth. That's really well said brother. And it it reminds me of
1: how we're holding this balance of these concepts. And one of them is self-responsibility, self-transformation, sovereignty, right? Like your work is yours to do, right? Your your drama is not my drama. Anything that's going on with me, if I'm stressed out about something or I fell down and I, you know, like scrape my knee, that's not yours to fix. But you can be present with me as I express my experience about it. But that that's my responsibility is to, 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 to deal with that. But there is something you can offer as a friend or any loving being would want to do to connect as community, to hold space for something that I'm responsible for, right? And that, that'd be like a good example of self-responsibility. But we're also, there's this other thing that I want to name, which is we're born into this moment in time, into this world, into a planet that is being um, messed with. It's a very, I think, a kind way to put it. It's a, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's being messed with, right? The, the ecosystem is being, messed with and destroyed our own biology is being attacked you know we are very much in a war and I I don't really use those kinds of words but I'm going to use them today just be just to kind of paint a picture that yeah it is that deep we we really are in a war but we didn't sign up for a war we didn't go hey I want to come in and go to war no but we like it's almost like we just parachuted down like like you know little angels and all of a sudden we're like getting hit with all this stuff. is like, whoa, I didn't know that I, I was signing up for this, you know, but I'm still responsible for myself. I'm still responsible for my field. And even if I took on some energy or, or some Watiko energy got into my mind because I was hurt and I had my heart broken by every relationship I've been in, I've been let down. It's still my responsibility, how I treat other people, right? So that's this other thing that I want to name, which is the Watico can be. That ego that, that makes an excuse for treating people like crap just because we've been hurt and that, that's not okay. That's, that's that part that like, no, that's still our responsibility. That's still your responsibility to take care of that energy, even though it got into you. And sometimes we, when it feels like things that, that have happened to us, and I have such sensitivity for, especially for us as children when things happen to us as children that we in our deepest innocence did not ask for we did not we did not sign up nobody ever asked to be abused nobody ever asked to have horrible things happen to them and yet as we grow and we've taken energy on or we have had things done to us our healing and our the way we treat other people is still our responsibility. So I just wanted to say that because that's this there's this there's this edge there that I find can be a little bit of what that blind spot is, of why we even allow things to to play out in our lives and certain dramas to repeat and certain cycles to repeat. It's because there's something in there that we haven't reclaimed and integrated back into wholeness and just pop a sphere around the whole thing, become fully present, occupy this thing and, and get, and get over it, so to speak, like get through it so that we can come in and actually make it a a contribution from a space of wholeness and balance into the, in the collective heart. So, yeah. So that's one thing I think is, is a growth edge for, for many of us is, well, what is mine? You know, am, am I, I'm not necessarily responsible for, You know, these horrible things that people are doing to each other out there, right? Like people are dropping bombs right now. Is that my responsibility? Well, not necessarily. I didn't ever sign up for that and I wouldn't ever want anyone to hurt anyone else. But if I'm feeling angry, I need that energy is now mine. And that's my alchemy to do. And now it's in my temple. So now it's okay. You're in my house now. We're going to have to work with that and turn that into gold. And that's, that's our... That's our contribution that we give back to the whole. Is that whatever is happening, again, what's your north star? To live a love centered life, regardless of the circumstances. So that means that the circumstances are shitty. Live a love centered life. Easier said than done, right? If it's if it's really hard times, how do we live a love centered life? Well, that's where. We get to practice the presence and practice these these growth edges of learning how to be a more compassionate human, learning how to speak truth to power. That's that's a false power. Learning how to speak truth to it, learning how to stand up against you know the injustice, but not by creating more hate and anger and just you know belittling the people involved. That's not going to go anywhere. But by standing up to it, by leading a shining example, of what it means to live a love centered life. This is, what's, this is how a love-based culture provides and grows and connects to each other and creates infrastructure that's supportive to help everybody who fell off and, and is kind of drowning in Watiko energy to give them tools to understand that, to have resources and counseling and connection. Like, you know, we've got a lot of work to do. But the first step is always in here, right? That's the first step home is to make sure that we can truly say, The one thing that we, the only thing we can claim is if we know ourselves, right? And if we don't know ourselves, then it doesn't matter how many degrees you have. It doesn't matter how much education you got. It doesn't matter how smart you are at this or that, or what experiences you had, or if you got a gold record in 1988. If you're not coming with true presence today, none of that matters, right? If you're not in your ship and occupying this moment and coming into this game with something to contribute, you're... It's like you're on the bench for a minute until you get your presence back online. Then you're back in the game. So, so that's, I think the real, the real way that, that I hope we get to hold each other accountable is and check in is like, Hey, are you on track with your North star? How can I show up for you right now? You know, how are you feeling in your, in, in your presence right now? How are you feeling in your body? How can I help you get back on track? And, and that's, I think the place that if we all took one step closer to each other in this moment, if we just took one step closer in to the closest ones around us, to the beloveds that we hold dear in our lives, to our friend our family and friends. Hey, how can I how are you feeling? How can I help you get back on track in this moment? Usually it's just a matter of sitting down and being present. And after a few minutes, we're usually kind of back on track, you know? And sometimes it takes a three hour conversation with your brother in the in the (laughs) in the dead of night to get back on track. But I'm glad we could do that too.
0: Mm. yeah yeah absolutely. one of <clears throat> one of the things that I was just um tuning into is is connecting this back to per- perhaps maybe a conclusion or or something um connecting back to everything that you opened up around. Um, you know, really essentially what i'm what I'm tuning into is how our biology has been hijacked to affect our vibrational state and Mm -hmm. to misalign our vibrational posture and to handicap us essentially. So all the positive thinking, all the personal development, all the spiritual motifs and, and, and congregations and, and priestess gatherings and whatever else people are doing, which I'm not, I'm not, by the way, I'm not judging or, or making fun of, but I am just kind of wanting to shine a realistic and potentially sobering like that your biological vehicle, your holy temple, um, has been altered. You know, that's kind of what we've been talking about. And that is affecting your, your cellular vibrational charge, which is affecting your ability to think. And it's affecting, and there are, there are, um, energies or whatever else that is, um, affecting the state of mind, of people across the board. So I kind of just want to, um, I want to just kind of connect back to that with everything that we just said around, you know, taking responsibility and positivity and, and really everything is just like pure truth. And how can we, how can we resolve or dissolve this reality, this challenge that we're facing and take, um, so, and, and re- regain sovereignty? Beautiful.
1: So let's start with a few things that we know because it's true. We ha- we've been setting a tone for this, and this conversation could stretch out for hours. But to really get hone in on what do we know right now? What we know is that there is a there's some anomalies and some synthetic viruses that have been introduced into our biology. They're, they have grown to a point where they've been able to be observed. Uh, in labs around the world and all that data has been compiled and it's conclusive that um, this synthetic uh, fibrous material um, can send and receive signal so what does that mean what what would it be sending and what would it be receiving well it uh, it interacts um, there's something called the piezoelectric crystals that are being found in this material as well and if you want to do some research just type in smart dust, you know, or type in, you know, nano dust. And uh, you'll see that they're making computer chips very, very small now. Right. So, um, but all that to be said, this material, this synthetic virus, let's just call it that, has the ability to send and receive signal, which means it's, it's working on a microwave. Um, it's working on the level of microwave. So, Everything that we use in terms of our technology, the very technology that we're using to connect and communicate through right now, I'm on Wi-Fi right now. I shut my Wi-Fi off at night, which I would i would suggest everyone to do. Step one to creating a little bit more balance for your, your biology and your body and your, your peace of mind. If you don't already, turn your Wi-Fi off at night. You know, that's one thing you can do. Um the people who have studied this and taken it all the way to the end, which I'm I'm not gonna claim I'm a, a master or um an expert at any of what we're talking about. I am a I'm an artist, a musician, and a, and a hardest an activist that stands for life and stands for a love-based life. That's what that's what I stand for, is to live a love-based, a love-centered life. But that being said, I've looked into this and taken it all the way to the end enough to understand that the microwave technologies that have been um, introduced to our culture and have become now the norm, they have become the infrastructure with which we use to connect, to connect to social media. Um, Those microwaves are occupying a certain kind of bandwidth that this material that's inside of our bodies can send and receive signal from. So there's patents uh, that, that you can find online you can find on stopthecrime.net is a really great website to check out. Actually, I'll just say for right now, that's a really incredible and deep wellspring of a lot of the the proof for those of you who are like, wow, I don't know about that. I need to see the proof. You know, if you need to see the proof, it's all there. Um, And stopthecrime.net is a a great place to find a lot of that in terms of the patents and the papers and, and, you know, where all of this is created and rolled out and described in great detail. So you know, these microwave frequencies, we know there's something a little off about it. We know there's something that makes you feel a little bit zombied out after you spend too much time on the screen or you watch kids and the effect that these screens are having on kids. Like we know all of this. We don't need to go into that, but how is this affecting our body and our ability to navigate clearly with presence and with our full presence online with using our, our brains functions, using our, you know, our biology, our ability to, reproduce cells all of these biological functions and our emotional functions our mental functions are being impaired by this technology they're also being um, you know when we say the word hijacked it's it's not a um, it's not rhetorical it's, it's not an analogy it's it's a literal hijack it's an, an actual literal linking in to our actual biological systems and the ways that uh microwave frequencies uh and they're now rolling out the 5G so what's happening there just type it in to youtube and read all about it you know we're not here to do that today but for those of you who are tracking this um these things are not healthy for human beings they're not they're not healthy for reproduction they're not healthy for regrowth of, of cells and tissue and um and brain functions are being impaired uh, all kinds of things. So so we're kind of seeing this movement toward a more kind of slowed down, almost like a zombie like state um, until we snap out of it and start to see it for what it is, which is why just having a healthy conversation about this is so important. And I want to thank you brother for, you know, for invoking this conversation and wanting to speak out about this a little bit, just to create a space to start becoming aware of what is is referred to um, as a silent weapon system. It's, a, it's an actual microwave, for those of you who don't know, microwave, um, there's a gentleman, I can't remember his name, but Deborah Tavares interviewed him, and there's a great interview um, of this guy. If you just, again, it's on stopthecrime.net, and you can research Deborah Tavares. She interviewed this guy actually in Portland, Oregon, a couple years ago. And this gentleman, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name. It'll come to me. Um, his whole background was working for the military and researching uh, microwave technologies. And so in the, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, and up to present day, there's an incredible amount of data around what microwave can be used for that's not really publicly available, right? Until recently, a lot of these, um, the uses of microwave technology has not become disclosed to the public. Um, So what we've been fed about microwaves is that, oh, you can, we have a microwave and you can heat stuff up, heat stuff up with it, right? It somehow beams your food and it heats it up. That's all we really know about microwaves in terms of the general public, but there's, uh, intricate, um, technologies and applications for microwave technologies that are in play right now. And and one of them is the control of uh, the human nervous system to manipulate the nervous system, um, to perform all sorts of functions from feeling anxious and, uh, feeling anxious, like that, that fight or flight kind of, um, feeling to, uh, feeling really horny, you know, that there's definitely a huge uh, amount of control and manipulation of human sexuality, of, um, of our consumerism, of this feeling that we like there's never going to be enough, like kind of playing off of all of these tendencies and, in, in. uh, and blind spots, you might say. So microwaves are much, much deeper than what we've been told, and they plug in and access um, this um, this fiber system that's growing in, uh, in the ecology of the planet and our human uh, tissue. So as challenging as that is to kind of wrap our minds around, it's important just to put it on the table and start to understand that if things are happening on a micro scale that we can't necessarily see, but those who have done their due diligence to do the research and do the microbiology and understand it, track it, study it in a lab, create data and create all of the story that we can look at and go, wow, we've taken an A to Z in the last 20 years to pretty much understand what this stuff is. And now we're seeing that we're We're in it, and it's not like anything's too late. Because I don't believe there's no such thing as too late. This is a catalyst, and that's where I want to get to in this conversation, and make sure you know we answer your your real question, and which is my real question too. You know, when we when we talk to each other about this on the phone, the the true question is, you know, with any issue we're facing, but specific to this, this is all well and good to start to know and understand this. Most people are just going to go into straight denial those few who want to actually understand it in themselves so that they can get a handle on it and then learn the protocols to, um, eject as much of this material from our bodies as possible to reclaim our temple, you know, sweep out the temple, so to speak and get online. And then, you know, we have it in control, so to speak. It's, we have the ratio down to a point where it's not overloading our system or taking over our brain functions and, you know, kind of invasion of the body snatcher style. Like we, that is happening for a lot of people, actually. Um, But we are committed to this path and we are seeing that this circumstance is actually a catalyst to bring us online to claim the temple, that we were actually kind of not claiming all the way before that's the reason this stuff even came into the system so if we want to just look at it in that positive light let's look at it as a catalyst this is a huge catalyst for us to get our health on track to get our 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 bodies and our minds and get the get our rhythms in check right so that we can come into this game with full power full clarity full love and full passion about the things that we actually believe in which is building a more beautiful world together so I think about my, my, uh, my uncle Bumpy right now, I'm feeling uncle Bumpy and I just want to just send out, you know, a deep mahalo to uncle Bumpy on the big, uh, excuse me, on Oahu for sitting me down and telling me what I'm about to tell you right now. Uncle Bumpy is a, is a Hawaiian activist and, you know, kind of was at the forefront of the Hawaiian sovereignty movement. I just, I'm feeling him coming in right now, reminding me like, Hey nephew, don't forget Um, so I want to give a shout out there and I want to say the wisdom that uncle shared with me applies to this situation too, but he shared it to me in the lens of Hawaiian sovereignty and indigenous people, um, understanding and understanding, first of all, to regain the knowledge and educate themselves about what has happened. Right. And so there's been horrible things that happened. The Hawaiian people had their land stolen. Um, you know, there was a coup that was staged and they overthrew the queen. And so this whole event happened that, you know, if we, if the indigenous people of Hawaii didn't know that story, they'd be going along like everything's okay. and, And, but everything's not okay. So we have to educate ourselves to understand what happened, right? So that's the education part. Then the second stage is generally what, in terms of what uncle shared with me, anger and frustration and a bit of confusion and a reaction to what happens when we educate ourselves about what happened. It was like, well, wow, I've been taught a lie and that doesn't feel good. So now I'm all fired up about it. So that's the second stage. But a lot of people, uncle said, a lot of people get stuck in that second stage. They never move into the third stage, which is then to create the solution to move into creating the new infrastructure of what we've learned, move through the emotions around it, and now let's create something, right? So let's work together, band together to create the solution. So that's the part where I'm at now with this particular uh, issue. And it is an issue. It is a human health issue. It is uh, an issue um, that's affecting many of our, um, our emotions, our spirits, our, our ability to think and feel clearly. And uh, and in communication, it's get you know, this is definitely getting in the way of people even hearing each other. Clearly people don't even take the time to like say, you know, like, Hey, how are you feeling today? Like, hi, people just like go right into their opinion on the screen. And they're like, just cutting people off and just like putting, you know, it's like whatever happened to human kindness and like checking in with your brothers. Just like, Hey, how are you? Or like introduce yourself and see what you got for each other and share and exchange information. It's like, no, I'm just going to put my opinion on top of you right now and not even check in with like, how are you doing as a human being? Like, Hey, let's connect for a minute. You know? So, Mm -hmm. so I feel like that, you know, this, this issue that we're speaking about in terms of the wetiko using the infrastructure of this actual physical synthetic virus that is growing and infusing itself into our human tissue and, and the, the ecosystem (laughs) There's a, there's a place where AI plugs into this, right? So AI is kind of another, another whole conversation that we'll just have to have another podcast about because there's certainly amazing things that are being done with AI right now. So I'm not here just to speak about anything as being good or bad. Everything in the universe is good, bad, and neutral. Those are three states of energy that anything could be in. So anytime we talk about something, it's like, oh, that's bad. Yeah, we, we, we just lost the game because we, we just instantly judged it as bad. Anytime we just say, oh, yeah, that's good, we lost the game as well because, yeah, it, c- it could be good if it's applied in the right way. It could also be detrimental if it's applied in the wrong way, right? And it could also be a neutral thing, right? So that's an interesting thing to ponder moving forward is that none of the things we're talking about are inherently bad or good, but there's a neutral space in between them. Now, when you were talking about earlier, you said the word evil. I just want to speak to that because it's like, oh, don't say that, or we're gonna get into this dark place. It's like, no. There are there is evil running amok about the land. There is people who are trying to bring in entities and what they call the ancient ones into this realm to run amok to kind of create their spider web systems. That's what this stuff is. It's a spider web. It's a spider web system. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. Is it evil? Kinda of feels like it, right? Sometimes like there is this energy that just feels like it's so separate from force, from source, sorry, it's so separate from source that it's not operating as a part of the lattice work of life anymore. It's not it's not growing, it's not moving through that nice, perfect creation-destruction cycle that is a part of life where that good-bad polarity is dancing in, in perfection and regenerating. It's not. It's not generating. It's actually hijacking and kind of Separating out, it's it's this dissection, and it's and I think that the way we can leap out of that pattern and and actually rise above this entire thing that we're we're shining the light on today, we can shine the light on it, but we can also transcend it by not needing to go into how do we break this down and dissect it and figure it out and battle it and use something to come up with it and oh I want to get this out of my body because I went through that right I don't know about you but as soon as I learned that whoa, there's this synthetic virus and it's growing and it's coming out of my fingernails. It's I'm finding it in rain. It's like, what is this? Whoa, I've got to get it out of me. So I went into like three crazy months of protocols to get this stuff out of my body until I learned, you know what? This isn't a war that I need to battle against this energy because by doing that, it actually got worse. Mm. And that's what I want to share, the wisdom that I, hopefully in sharing this wisdom, those of you who are watching you don't need to go through what some of us have gone through with this, some of the forerunners of this. And, so, and I've just watched you know, probably 50, 60 hours of, of, of different content and accounts of other people who have this, some, the same issue and watched and learned from their experiences so that I didn't have to go. And now you can watch and learn from my experience. You don't have to go all the way into this and get so wrapped up to it with your mind to understand what it is. Save yourself the time start drinking apple cider vinegar get get apple cider vinegar into your diet you know morning and night take a shot of it um, cleanse your body right do the, do whatever cleansing you know you need to do sometimes like a 3-day juice cleanse could be a good idea for a lot of us just to reset the system just go juices for 3 days and check it out see what happens for other people maybe some more more long-term changes need to be made you know to get get the really alkaline and balance the system out from more of the acidic foods and the, you know, the junk and you know what it is. I don't need to be here and tell anybody about that. But I will say the most important thing that any of us could do is to practice the presence, to be here all the way, to lean into this moment all the way, to practice the presence, which means whatever comes up into your field, whatever comes up on your screen, whatever comes up, it seems – to want to distract you, be present with it and check it out. What is this? Is this a part of my spheres? Is, is this a part of living a love-centered life? Do I want to give more energy to this? Or is this something that by becoming fully present with it, it spins out and it runs away because I just looked at it? And that's the thing about the Watiko is that as soon as you look at it, 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 there's two things that can happen. Okay, I'm going to do my best to be succinct because I know we're getting to a moment here where we want to transition. But it's two things that happen. If we look at something with our mind, right? The screen, if we like get so zoned out and like look at the screen, you, you know, you get that screen face. It's like,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know,
1: because yeah. you're not even in there. You're like, you're not even present. There's not, it's like your heart's barely beating. It's like, you're just holding on and you're on the screen. And it's like, somebody comes into your room and you like, snaps you out of it. It's like, Hey baby, how you doing? Like, Whoa. Oh wow. I wasn't even here where was I? Right. So that's, I'm going to start there. If you're looking at something from that disconnected place where you're out of your body and you're just looking at it with your mind, the more you look at it, the more it looks at you too. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this, this consciousness that we're talking about, it's going to find any possible doorway into your system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And by becoming fully present and occupying every particle of the space of our energy our body our our, our mind our heart fully online there's nowhere for it to live mm. so then it's like the presence is looking at it and when the presence looks anything but the presence runs the other way it runs away so that's, I mean, that's the real core of what, that's like, again, another way to describe what the North star is here and why we keep talking about the presence and practicing the presence, you know, seems to be kind of like, a, you know, what does that really mean? Unless you're in it, when you're in it, you know it, right. When you're present, all of a sudden you can feel everything is happening inside of yourself and the, the sphere that surrounds you. So, so when you look and you shine the light from the, the depths of your presence, this stuff can't survive. Your presence is 10,000 times more powerful than any of the distortions and any of the technologies and any of the microwaves and any of the chemtrails and any of the other things that we're dealing with, GMOs. Yes, these are all things. They are issues, but we need to come at this from another space. It is it is the higher octave that we need to come into this because no, no weapon that we could pick up to try to fight against this stuff will get us anywhere other than creating more of it. Right. Mm. So we have to come at this from a whole nother space. And I, and I would say that space is, is through the presence. So I hope that helps.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, there's so much there and I'm, I'm very aware that there's so much more that can be, that can be unpacked. Um, and I definitely, I definitely recommend for people because of the, the limitations on time and space and even the ability to properly unfold the layers of this are very limited. Um, you know, that's why you and me had to have an intimate private three hour conversation just to scratch the surface. And, um, I definitely recommend, and maybe we can leave some resources for people—videos or or articles or anything—to help people lead them um, in the right direction. I um, mean, this is a very translatable thing because, you know, the health conversation in general—it's it's all very similar. This is a very very nuanced and very very specific aspect of it. Um, you know, you could you could really think about glyphosate contamination. As, as one, you know the, the roundup ready herbicide from Monsanto, specifically for genetically modified organisms. That is a massive contamination. You can think of heavy metals, you can think of vaccinations, um, which interestingly enough do have nano particles or nanotechnology in them that do act as communication devices that do sync up with Wi-Fi. Just FYI, if you want to go out a little rabbit hole, it's fascinating um, when you do start to realize like we have completely been bamboozled. We have completely been fed so many stories that make no sense. And it is up to every one of us individually to um, do our due diligence as we're called to do, right? Everybody has a different mission, as you mentioned, Elijah. And it is important that we are all aware. We don't want to be naive. We don't want to be off on some fantastical interpretation of reality as if like everything is, is just unicorns and light and, and um, you know, it's all positive thinking. Like, you know, there has to be that integration of the duality, right. In order for there to not be duality, I think is like they have to, the twine needs to meet and they need to join up and, and there needs to be that, that, Um, there just needs to be that embodiment. Um, So with that said, I definitely recommend that those that feel called to really go deeper into the subject, um, uh, we'll provide some resources and you can go down further and maybe we'll extrapolate a little further down. One thing that I do want to spend a little bit of time with you talking about um, with, the, with the time we have left, is the, the kundalini life force energy. And I think it probably is, I don't know, it's probably an interesting segue. It probably is an interesting transition from all this because we did get into a really fascinating talk about it. And I would definitely love to bring that into the fold.
1: Yes, brother.
0: Thank you. There's one
1: point I'd love to speak to that you just you just shared before we dive into that, and I agree. I think that's the perfect place to to follow. That I think the presence is guiding us right along, perfectly in that direction. Um, one thing I will say, real quick, just to point out, you mentioned nanotechnology in uh, in Roundup and you know other Monsanto uh, ingredients and that connect to Wi-Fi, right? And so if if we breathe that stuff in and it's micro or nano-sized and then it's in our body and it can interact with Wi-Fi, what is the purpose of that? I think it's an important question everyone needs to ask themselves right now. You know, if we're really going to claim that we're really being present, we're really committed, if we want to make a... a a brighter future for our children's children in the next seven generations, we're really water protectors, we're really earth keepers and earth guardians, then we need to ask that question. Why is there Wi-Fi accessible nanoparticulates being placed into our bodies through every possible means? I'll just name three other places that I found them. And I'm talking about, I opened up a, can- a little jar of cream, like face cream that you can get. Uh, at the airport you know I generally always go organic whenever possible but I made a purchase one time I was like cruising through the airport and I was like feeling very jet lagged and I had a former partner who was really into this uh, company called Kiehl's, Uh K-I-E-L-H-L-S or something like Keels. it's like eye creams and you know stuff and I like I was walking by saw the little rack I was all, like, exhausted, and I had a two-hour labor. I was like, oh, I'll get some eye cream because I knew when I was like, going to arrive, I had to go right on stage. So I was like, "I'll, get, you know, get some cream for my face to make, you know, make me look a little less tired when I get there, right? That was my my thought when I saw the sign. And I, like, went and got this cream. Anyway, I brought that cream back, and this winter, when I was looking at everything under a microscope, and I was just, like, fascinated by looking at things, I was about to put some of that on, and something just said – look at the cream under a microscope. So I put it under a microscope. Sure enough, there's about six, uh, little fibers, blue, uh little Morgellons fibers in the cream. I, in a tiny little drop that I put on my palm, there's little worm looking fibers inside of the cream that if think about it, you place on your eyes, they just grow and integrate with your biology and into your eyes. So interesting, right? Those, those little fibers have Wi-Fi capability. So think about what does this mean? Why would this be in stuff like face cream or Roundup or uh, antibiotics? You know, the last time I took an antibiotic was because I had dengue fever. It was a, I, you know, last year sometime, I, it's been quite a while, maybe a year and a half ago or something, I had dengue fever uh, in Bali because I got bit by a mosquito. Apparently I think that's how it happened. And so, you know, I went into a pretty deep fever state for a few days and I ended up going to get um, antibiotics because I didn't know what was happening at first. And I took a couple of them and in the middle of it all, I got this, again, I just had this intuition to look a bit closer at what I was putting in my body. So I opened up one of the antibiotics, these little pills, right? And I never take that kind of stuff. But again, it was like I was in red alert mode. So I, you know, I was making a couple choices there that were just a little bit like trying to just hold on. And I took two of them and I was about to take number three on the third, you know, second day or something. And something just said, don't take it into your body. There's, there's technology inside of this that is not going to be good for you. So I, I opened it up and I looked at it under my microscope. And sure enough, there's these little hexagonal metallic-looking shapes inside of it. Three of them that I found inside of the white powder of what was in the antibiotic. Again, things that make you go, "Hmm." I'll let you know. I'll let you draw your own conclusions as to why that is. But I'll tell you right now, these things have Wi-Fi capabilities and they're self-organizing once they enter our system. So, um, self-assembling nano. Bots, you know, is kind of what we're talking about. It sounds like science fiction, you know. It's like even the words coming out of my mouth, like, come on, is, are you really saying that? Yeah, we're really saying that because um that's what we're studying. That's what we're seeing under the microscope. All the research and data is there. Take a look for yourself. So, moving into the next piece is like, well, again, what do we do about that, Elijah? What do we do about that, Ronnie? Why are you telling us this? I don't want to feel like there's nanobots in my body, right? Well, Here's the thing. When we talk about the presence, we're also talking about what what needs to come online into your ship to fire up the ship to become fully present, to get your engine humming, to be online and occupying your space. Well, all of the ancient teachings speak about this activation sequence of our kundalini, right? Right. And it's been called many, many, many things, and we don't need to go into all the different, the, all the different traditions of of what it's called. But let's just get down to the core. There's this energy. It's it's generally symbolized by a coiled serpent at the base of the spine, and when we activate it, it uncoils and flows through the spine and meets the Creator in our temple. The temple of the divine is not some outside place we need to go find. It's, you know, it's, it's not something we need to quest to and go like sit inside of that's made of stone. Our temple is in here. These are our temples. We can put our fingers on them. They're called temples. (laughs) So, so it's like inside of here, there's a key in here. And it's like to bring that Kundalini up, to bring that Amrita up and meet that divine force inside of ourselves, that's the real game. And that's, I think that uh, it's wise to to let that be um, where we, where we move into and lean into in this conversation now is because, you know, that's really something that we can all do, you know, in, in through meditation, prayer, music, dance, lovemaking, tantra, swimming in the ocean And many many other activities that are prayerful, connected, devotional activities, we can activate this kundalini and raise it up through our body, through our heart, through our voice, and connect to the divine. And so that is something we were talking about last night. um, Is that um, you know I did a bit of studies over this last few months as well. It's kind of revisiting some some ancient uh, feelings that I've had about. you know, I'm not. I've never been into into any one religion, but I love studying all religions to just understand, like what has been laid out for us as these codes. And you know, the Bible has codes in it that are basically the the processes for activating our kundalini. Right? That's what that's what the Bible really is. It's an allegorical tale that is uh, using encoded and symbolic stories to reflect to us how to activate our own kundalini, right? Mm -hmm. To meet, to meet God in the temple. This whole temple of Solomon thing is not some outside thing we need to build. It's all, it's inside. So I think that's a, that's a really beautiful place to, you know, to leave this conversation. And if there's anything you want to add to this, um, I'm happy to dive into it as much as you want. Um, Just I'm sensitive to our time, but I will say for those who are listening it's time for, for us as a spiritual quote unquote community to drop to drop the names, to, to, to drop the the um, the 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 archaic structures of, of any separation because there's actually there's no one that's not in the spiritual community. We are a spiritual community as a human species, right? So the moment you separate yourself out and say, like, oh, I'm in I'm in the conscious community. Well, that's lost its flair for me, you know. Like it's lost uh, all of its meaning because I've actually been let down the most by people who I would consider to be in the conscious community. <laughs> I've been lied to by people who are in the conscious community. So, is it really conscious? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> you know, I know that there's certain certain people who don't call themselves like, yeah, I'm in the conscious community. They don't really call themselves anything. They're just going about their their entrepreneurship or they're building their business or maybe they're doing their healing work or whatever it is that they're doing. They're just going about their mission, living a love centered life, regardless of the external circumstances. And those are the ones that I would look to as the leaders of our times. Mm. Many of the leaders in the quote unquote conscious community who can speak the, the most beautiful poetic words. If their actions are not reflecting the embodied behaviors of what it means to live a love-centered life, then I would say, take a step back into yourself. Don't necessarily just follow anyone blindly just because of what they say. Look at what they do as well. You know, look at, look at their behaviors. Look at how they treat people when the camera's not on, you know, or when they're not in an interview, you know, like this is a beautiful space that we're in. And we were in a similar dialogue last night on the phone. We could call each other right after this call. And we could just continue this vibe because this is the vibe that we're that we're living. This is the vibe that we're here to explore, and this is what we're devoted to: is exploration. You know, I, I'm grateful that neither you or me in this conversation has really claimed much of anything, but we are here to explore, to expand, to um, you know, be of service in any way that we possibly can. Uh, and I'm certainly devoted to that as well. One of the things I'm the most devoted to leaning into at this time and for this next phase of life, what what I'm just going to say, where's this next level? Where is this going? Mm -hmm. It's time for us to activate our own kundalini, our own presence, our own energy centers, and get them firing, get them online so we can come into this in full power, in full clarity to know ourselves, right? That, that's the game now. There's no other game in town. I don't care how important it seems that you need to get online and blog and tell whoever it is that just posted that thing how wrong they are. That's not as important. It really isn't. I know it's like, it seems like it's so important to tell them how wrong they are about that thing that they posted on their own wall. That game is over. It's boring. You know, it has nothing to do with your power. So, so that's, I, I guess what they say is what separates the wheat from the chaff. what, you know, what, where we go from the sandbox into, okay, now we're in this mm. and, and, and in order to be in this, we literally have to be in this. So yeah, the activation of the Kundalini and the activation in general is a, it's a subject I'm, you can tell I'm very passionate about, and I could talk for hours about it in terms of what is the activation mean? We all are carrying codes of some kind in general, all that they require is activation. So this is why I made, I've made my life purpose um, in devotion to sound and in devo- devotion to not just music. That's nice to listen to that has a good beat, but music that can activate, inspire, get energy moving, you know? And when I work with, um, Clients of which I I work with one today, an incredible wizard who is uh, aspiring to open his voice because so many of us have this um, experience where we feel we can sense who we are. Everything's going pretty well. Maybe we're making good money. Maybe we're not. Maybe we've got like a million dollars in bank. Maybe we've got $5 in the bank, but wherever we're at in the journey of like navigating our life We can feel so much love in our hearts, or we can feel like, oh, I'm the greatest lover in the world. But something about speaking our truth, something about singing and being witnessed within our voice is a huge growth edge for so many people. Have you noticed that? Absolutely. You know, you might even relate to that yourself. I I mean, I certainly have, even as a singer who's who's been in this game since I was three years old of, of exploring sound and exploring music as a tool of transformation. I still get the butterflies when I go up on stage and I'm about to sing in front of people, or when I'm hopping on this podcast. I still get a little bit of like, okay, like I wonder what I'm going to say because there's there's always that moment. But by leaning into it time and time again and leaping off the cliff out of the ego mind, out of the part of us that thinks it needs to know and control how it's going to work, the presence takes over, and all of a sudden this streaming effect happens, and we start we start streaming the sounds that are coming out of our body and what it means to really open this center again and reclaim all of our seven centers and beyond. There's many more than that, but just to stay within the body for a moment. Mm -hmm. When we reclaim these centers and get them all moving and get the energy, our Kundalini flowing through all of them, there's something that happens in that point, and it's what has been painted in all of the Tonkas in Tibet, and it's what has been spoken about in all of these great books about all of these deities and these masters, you know, like Jesus and Mary, and these mythological, allegorical stories about these characters that are reflecting uh, an awakened consciousness and what it means to go from this point to that point what is that reflecting to us and what is our role in this story? I think each of us who are tuning into this moment, we have our part to play in the collective awakening, but we're no good to the collective unless we are online. Mm -hmm. So that's the sovereignty piece within the unity piece. So um, I'll just leave it at that for now, because that's what it is.
0: That's what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, There's two things as we reach the conclusion here. Um, I mean, I think, I think through this whole journey, like the main, the main anchoring point is living a love centered life, right? And one of the things that we connected on years ago, actually that you introduced me to was the Wingmaker's material, which is obviously something we can't even really open up that conversation at all, really, because that's a whole deep dive. It's something, if you are curious about all of this and um, another another layer of that puzzle, looking into the Wingmakers material is definitely something, if it, if it calls to you, um, is something you can find some pretty interesting storylines and revelations that were definitely critical to me and to you as well and to um, some of our other uh, family like Amorea that have been dig- digging deep into this kind of thing. Um, and then that that definitely connects a lot to the underlining themes and stuff that have been brought up into this conversation. And ultimately, the core of all that is living a love-centered life, right? What do you do about all this? What do you do about any of this? Well, how do you heal yourself? My feeling I mean, is you have to love yourself enough to heal yourself. If you don't love yourself, if you don't value yourself enough, then... You know, you're probably going to cut corners you're probably going to self sabotage you're probably not going to go through the healing process and whether that is just something simple as losing a certain amount of weight or rebalancing your hormones or detoxing from some kind of contamination or what going even deeper into the protocols and things that you're talking about with this specific issue i mean it really comes back to love and a return to love and an integration of love and loving love thyself right and it's such a simple thing to say. And it's like you said, like in the quote unquote conscious divisive communities that aren't aren't necessarily inclusive. Um, I, I've also been absolutely lied to, um, kind of backstabbed or just kind of, um, uh, yeah, just had a lot of weird stuff happen in a lot of situations or I've been witness to a lot of weird situations from people that um, uh, I would have thought otherwise by being a little naive, I would say that, uh, that wouldn't, ne- that would never have happened. So I've definitely had to learn some, some pretty interesting lessons, um, in that way. But ultimately, you know, it, it's the same thing, like just assuming a position of love, but love, I just want to make this note here too. Like love is not passive. Like love sometimes is, 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 is like, um, what's the word it's like, it's fierce. Sometimes in order to truly love, you have to, really speak some truth. You have to fight for love. Sometimes you have to be fierce, fierce and courageous in order to be truly loving. I'm glad you said that, bro, because
1: so many words have, have been bleached and lost their meaning, you know, through through decades and centuries of misuse. And, uh, you know, when I speak the word love, it contains, this wholeness perspective that includes all of these virtues, you might say, or all of these pathways that I've explored and experienced love, fierceness being one of them, right? That at times that's the face of love that needs to come out in order to navigate as a love-centered life, right? So staying love-centered, I'm glad you said it, does not mean passive or it's not that pastel new age love. It's 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 unconditional true love which means that yes we will stand and we will speak truth to power when it's out of control we will yes we will um we will heal and we will take the time to be silent and to be quiet sometimes love actually just needs to be quiet and allow the space so that things can be felt sometimes that's what love would do right so so it's not, it's not a static thing and it's not a passive thing. It's not just something you can just put on frame on a meme and, you know, there it is. That's what love is. No, love is all. <laughs> love is all. Love will do whatever it takes, right? Mm-hmm. And so that all being said, I want to I share um, and acknowledge something you just said, which is there's a lot of confusion around something. And I want to just dispel this confusion right now. Many of the greatest teachers, many of the greatest uh what you we would call prophets, poets, singers, great thinkers, philosophers, kings and queens and priestesses who are hosting the priestess circles, you know, the, the the kings who are out there like preaching the good word and they go out on tour, and then after five years you start to notice like, hmm, brothers look a little run down, you know, or like, hmm, like sisters kinda whoa, her last post, it just feels like, ooh, a little Little ego in that. I don't know. It doesn't doesn't resonate like it used to. Why is that? Mm. Why is it that the best angels who come into this dimension with the most clearest intent and the most innocent hearts and pure gifts to offer the world get eaten up and swallowed by the matrix and end up looking all tired and looking all run down and all jaded and you know end up like channeling some kind of Watiko stuff what is that about right so here we have i think one of the most important pieces for us to keep in mind is that we can't judge any person there's no one person in this world that is bad Mm -hmm. there's no one person in this world that is the source of the Watiko or the evil this is this is radio stations that kind of clog up the airwaves of even the best and brightest of us And I'm going to tell you something else that you already know, but for those of you who are listening, something that might be, you might need to meditate on this a bit. This energy targets the best and brightest of us. The darkness is drawn to the light. Of course it is, right? Because the light is the pathway home for that separation. That's like, Whether the separation knows it or not, whether the wikiko knows it or not, whether the, you know, whatever distortion patterns know it or not, it's drawn to the light because all of a sudden there's this thing that's happening on a primal level where this, this energy is like creating this friction and by standing up and being a, do you ever notice how like the brightest ones who stand up and speak the truth, John Lennon. You know, like MJ, who whoever we could think of all the great men and women throughout time mm-hmm. who stood for something over time. You could just tell it got to them and something off was happening with them. And it was like bringing them down. And pretty soon they got taken out of the dimension entirely, whether by their own hands, you know, by killing themselves with, you know, drugs and alcohol or, you know literally being taken out of the dimension. So why is that? Why is it the best and brightest? It's, it's, there's a reason for it. So I want you all to keep this in mind. The best and brightest of us, the ones who are courageous enough to stand up out of the mass, you know, sleepwalking, to stand up and reflect the goodness back to you, those are the ones that need the greatest check-ins. Those are the ones we need to have a buddy system for and be like, my brother, how you doing? I noticed you've been out there for the last 10 years on this. Meeting. Like, are you okay? How are you feeling right now? What do you need? Yeah. Right? Those are the people we need to band together and gather around until it's the next one's turn. And it's like, we're, we're a big team. You know, we're all a team. We all can't all stand in the goal at the same time because we need to all work as a team to get the ball, to get to here. And, to, you know, we put the play and it's like, bam, we scored a goal. So when somebody's in the goal, we got to get them the ball. But we got, we got like, you know, 10 linebackers trying to pretend like they're quarterbacks. I don't know why I'm on some football analogy, but I'll just go with it. It's like, we got all these people trying to pretend like, yo, well, why didn't I get the ball? It's like, what. Well, You will on the next play, but make sure if they're in the goal, let's just get it to them. And then the whole team wins, right? So we have this thing that happens where that Watiko energy or that spiritual ego or just that, you know, that greed can come in to play where we all want to experience what it feels like to be seen we all want to experience success or abundance or the blooming of our project or mm. some great idea we have to manifest itself in the outer reality but here's the thing it can all happen just not all at the same time
0: mm.
1: <laughs> it you know it's it's like there's a there's a folding in there's this like perfect ordering that if we were to stay truly present and out of here When it's our time to light up and light up the world, be ready because it might be your time right now. It might be your time tomorrow, right? It might be your time, Ronnie, to like get some call to be like, Yo, Ronnie, we saw your podcast with Elijah. That was that was epic. We love what you're talking about, brother. We'd love to fly you to uh, Japan tomorrow to come sit in this council of twelve beings, and we're going to be looking over, um, you know, how to share these resources among the next infrastructure to build the new communities of the planet. Can we fly you out tomorrow? And you're like, Oh, I'm like, you, you know, I smoked too much pot today, and I'm like, <laughs> I just want to go to the beach. And I, you know, if you're checked out of the moment, then. You missed your moment to shine. And that's the thing is like, we all think that we want to get there, but there's a moment, there's a timing to it. And I'm reminding myself too, because sometimes I feel like, Hey coach, I'm, I'm in the goal. I don't know about you guys, but I got one for the whole team right now. I actually got a, a score for the whole team where's the ball? Well, okay. I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep moving and dancing and bobbing and weaving and stay as open as I can until that moment hits. And don't, the thing is we oftentimes will judge the process and be like, well, it's not working. So screw it, you know? And then the ball comes and it like hits us in the head or the ball comes and we didn't even see it, you know? So, so it's just the message is, stay present, keep trusting, you know, we're doing a great job. We got this as a collective family. We really do got this. You know, I can't stress that enough. We, we really, we're all doing such amazing work and there's no way that we could even possibly see the effect that is having on the entire ecosystem. Some of us late at night, we go flying. And we go check out everything that's happening while all the kids are sleeping and just make sure that it's all good. And it really is all good. Yes, there's challenges afoot. Yes, there's some big work we need to do as a community. Yes, there's cleansing that needs to be done internally. Yes, there's um, more impeccability and more sustainable ways of communicating and creating new infrastructure that can actually carry this energy and sustain it into the world, into new systems and new communities? Yes, yes, yes. It's We have a lot to do. But in this moment, um, my prayer is that we rest and relax into the space within our own heart that is beating, that's alive, that can feel the presence of the divine, of the creator, of the universe, whatever we want to call it, that mm-hmm. is alive and well and is reminding us that everything is moving along quite nicely.
0: (laughs) So, so that's what it is, my brother. Yeah. What an incredible conclusion. Wow. Wow. Perfect. Perfect way to tie a knot on that. And Mm -hmm. I, um, I also, before we do conclude, I definitely want to put a little spotlight on your music project. I know that you just um, released new album it's on spotify i've been listening to it um, you're filming video you're in the process of filming videos for it new videos i know um yeah it's just an exciting thing that's recently come out so i want to put a little spotlight on that because mm-hmm. and maybe maybe in this moment you can actually maybe something wants to come through similar to before we actually started recording you were getting into a little flow so i don't know if you want to output any particular vibratory um, energy through your musical expression Mm. we want you to share your um, compassion project
1: oh brother well I'm you know me I'm always in the flow so it's just a matter of you know do we let it out or not because even as we're speaking there's symphonies playing in my head you know there's (laughs) there's always music accompanying the moment there's always a soundtrack so you know, if you see me smiling, even if it's in the midst of a really hard moment, it's usually because I got a good soundtrack going on in my head <laughs> while it's all going down. Just, you know, thank God for that. Um, mm. That being said, yes, thank you for bringing it up. Compassion—it's—it's um, it's a new body of work. You know, I'm—I'm I'm not even calling it an album, mm. uh, so to speak, because there really isn't an album out yet. But what there is is. Uh, The first three parts of Compassion are available. They're on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you can get and listen to or download music. You'll probably find it on there. Best place you can go, though, is on my website. Uh, And that's ElijahRayMusic.com. And you'll notice if you just scroll down on the first page, sign up for the email list because that's where I send um, kind of the first wave of communications to those who are uh, on the email list. So that's a great way to connect and keep in touch. There's also, of course, the Facebook page. If you if you you know want to do the Facebook thing, I do check it as often as I can. And that's Elijah Ray and the Band of Light. You can just like that fan page. I put out all my releases on there as well. Um, what I can say about this this new body of work is, is called compassion, but it's spelled a little differently than the classic uh, word compassion. It's C O M E, capital P, passion. So it's Compassion. Um, there's definitely an interesting space that opens up by exploring how to create and how to invite in more passion about what we truly care about, what we truly believe in and what our, is it's our North star. You know, it's coming back to that. It's, for me, compassion is, is one of my, um, one of the aspects of my North star, what it means to live a love centered life mm. and I don't always do it. I don't always get it right. You know, there's moments where I, I fall off the wave and I forget and I get frustrated and then I get back up on the wave. Like, okay, I'm back on it. That feels good. Mm -hmm. So compassion is one of the, the bodies of work that I've um, I've been developing over to, you know, certainly my whole life. But this, this next, um, this next series of songs is really probably the most stripped down, uh, and raw collection of of songs that I've ever put out uh, for the collective. And and it's really very personal. I think that's a good, you know, a big reason why it is so raw is because they're all based on personal experiences I've I've acquired through relationship. And there's nothing like being in a relationship to teach us about compassion. <laughs> you know, it's 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 the greatest dojo of all time to to teach us about not only compassion for self but compassion for other and the the mirror you know so we just dropped man in the mirror uh that was track number two and um just a couple days ago we dropped track number three which is called i can change and um and we'll have a video coming out for that pretty soon um and yeah we're just going to go down the list it's one song at a time one jewel at a time we're placing on the altar and uh so yeah check out spotify or itunes if you want to stream that immediately um and yeah stay tuned for more there's there's so much that in a way i've been really quiet about what we've been building behind the scenes of the band of light and part of that is that you know there's just a time and a place to talk about something and so you know if you ever see me kind of kind of lean back and come up, you know, not as present on, on the screen here. It's, it's usually cause I'm either, you know, doing some deep work in the studio, cre- getting ready to, to create the next thing that I'm going to present to you guys, or I'm under the microscope looking at this stuff, you know, and studying, you know, wow, well, how could, how can we get on top of our health in this situation that's affecting our planet? And so, you know, I just want to let you guys know for everyone out there who's been sending love or writing, you know, letters and support over the years or has been tracking my music. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Cause one thing I want to make really clear is that I would not be anywhere without you, you know? And, and I mean that to you too, brother, like your, your messages at times have been just so, so beautiful and so heartfelt and so kind and and present the way you've shown up and reflected, um, you know, what, what our connection has inspired and, and sparked for you. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, thank goodness we all have each other to keep, keep reminding ourselves of our North star. And uh, so, yeah, so this, this next wave of work compassion is something I'm, I'm particularly inspired about because it feels like there's some codes in here that are, um, you know, pretty, pretty timely medicine for where a lot of people are at. And that's been the feedback so far. I'm really grateful for all the feedback that's been coming in around, around how the tunes are hitting people's hearts. And uh, so it's just begun.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Well, there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone tuning in, everyone listening to this. I don't know what else to say, to be honest in this moment, I think everything that can be said within this container has definitely been said um there's a lot to think about there's a lot to tune into you might have to listen to this or watch this another time or two as you can and just take take the wisdom and take the take the information in piece by piece as it makes sense to you as it feels right for you um because a lot of this as as with any any interview any download is built on the accumulation of, of, of a journey and of itself. So allow yourself to take that journey for yourself. Ultimately, that's what all this is. We're all on a journey. And, um, like you said, Elijah, thank God that we have one another that we can parallel and reflect back upon and we can guide and support one another through taking the journey. We're not isolated. We're not alone in the journey, which, um, Makes the journey worthwhile. Makes it fun. Makes it uh, makes it an interesting game. So, I appreciate you for, for taking the journey with me on a personal note and also on this podcast. It's just been honor and pleasure. Your friendship and um, just who you are in the world is uh, just means 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 a lot. It means a lot to a lot of people. And I thank you. And for everyone that is tuning in, if you're not familiar with Elijah's music you need to become familiar like that. You know, whether you go on YouTube, type in Elijah Ray, start checking out some incredible things that he's put out there, his new project, compassion on Spotify or going to his website. Um, highly encouraged. I'm sure you've probably already done that. If you've stuck through this interview, this is quite a longer one. So if you've stuck through it, then I imagine um, you've probably already done that. So um, that's it for me. Um, Again, thank you, Elijah, for joining me. And, um, yeah, for everyone else, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much, brother, for having me
1: and for uh, being patient and present as we we weave our way through this this matrix of information. And uh, to all those who are listening, much, much love and aloha. Mm
0: Much love and aloha.